Welcome to City Talk, a podcast from City View Church in Northern Virginia. City View is a church for all ages and all nations. We offer to everyone the hope, healing, and help that is found in Jesus Christ. Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ by helping people to take the next step toward knowing, loving, and following Him. It's a journey, but we're not alone. We have one called alongside us who will guide us along the way and guarantees we'll reach the ultimate destination. We're talking about the Holy Spirit and some of the fantastic things He does for us. very important that we know who He is. Because before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said, I am going to give you a helper to do what you won't be able to do by yourselves. And so if Jesus said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit, we really ought to know who he is and how he works. We ought to know how we can tap into his power. Because we will all come up against things that we cannot do by ourselves. Again, the Christian life is a very simple concept. Yet most of us, in our honesty, would say, I blow it all the time. I fall short. I don't measure up to what I'm supposed to be. And God knows that. But he says, I will come alongside you and help you through my Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? The one called alongside us. First of all, he is a he. He is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an an impersonal force out there. He is not like in Star Wars, you know, the force. The Holy Spirit has personality. The Holy Spirit is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. He has personality, and he is God. Jesus referred to him as the paraclete. And that's a term that really doesn't translate exactly into the English language because it covers many bases. The paraclete, the term that Jesus used to introduce the disciples to this Holy Spirit, can mean a helper. In other contexts in the Bible, it can mean a defense attorney, someone who represents you legally and stands up for you. There's a lot to this. But the Holy Spirit, in short, is God himself coming alongside us to empower us to do what we can't do for ourselves. And if you think about it, that is amazing. The God of the universe, the Bible says you can't fit him into a temple made by human hands. He is too big for that. He is too magnificent for that. He is too great for that. Yet he is also humble enough to say, I will come alongside my people. And I will not only come alongside my people, I will dwell in, I will live inside my people and empower them to do what they can't do for themselves. Every Christian, everyone who calls on Jesus Christ for salvation has God living inside us. That's amazing. And the problem in church world is we hear stuff like this over and over and then it just becomes rote. We kind of take it for granted. But guys, never lose the wonder of the God that we sing about, the God who made heaven and earth, who is too great and powerful to even bother caring about us, 
actually cares about us, and he's humble enough to say, I'll take up residence inside you, and I will help you to do the things that I call you to do that you will never be able to do by yourself. That's awesome. Guys, never lose the wonder of that. You may hear it a thousand times, but may it be more wonderful every time you hear it. So the Holy Spirit, he's God. And he's God alongside us and God in us. Now, what does he do? What does the Holy Spirit do? Now, he does more than we would ever be able to address in one sermon. But I want to talk about three things that he does for us specifically along the journey as we follow Christ. You know, we've just wrapped up a series where we recognize that God has called all of us to be disciples of Christ. And disciple is one of those words in church lingo that just has a lot of baggage to it. You know, we think, oh, the, the disciples, they're the special forces in, in church. They're the elite Christians. Well, all of us are called to follow Christ as disciples. And we're defining a disciple as someone who is taking the next step towards knowing, loving, and following Christ. Taking the next step, it's important we understand it's a process. You can be a Christian for 80 years, and you still need to take another step towards Christ. You can be a brand new Christian, and you're taking your first step towards him. That's fine. Being a disciple is more about your direction. You're taking that next step towards knowing him better. That's using your mind, reading his word, seeing what the scripture has to say about God. Loving him, that involves your heart. That's a transformed heart, and it's a, it's a spirit about us where we say, Lord, I'm yours, I'll do whatever you want. And then following him is with our hands and feet. It's kind of like what we did yesterday in the Ashburn Farm HOA. We want to get out there, boots on the ground, in the communities around here, and introduce people to Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that by serving and loving and just letting them know we're here. But the journey to following Christ runs up against this thing called life. And then we fall short. And we go, I know what I need to do, but I just can't do it. And just like Zach came alongside me for that dishwasher inlet valve, God himself comes alongside us and says, I'll give you what you need to live the Christian life. Three things I want to focus on today that the Holy Spirit does for us. Then again, we'll never address everything he does in one setting. But the Holy Spirit guides, he guides us, he gifts us, and he guarantees. Three very important things to remember that he does. He guides us. The Bible says this in John chapter 14. Now I want you to understand the context in this. This is all stated right the evening in which Jesus is betrayed. And it's beginning to dawn on his followers that uh, this doesn't seem to be going the way we think it's going to go. We thought we were coming to Jerusalem to throw out the Romans. And Jesus keeps talking about dying, and this is something very unjust that's happening. What's the deal? And then Jesus is talking about leaving them. So they weren't feeling really good about things. But then in John chapter 14, Jesus speaking says this, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, 
and that's that term paraclete, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. So Jesus is saying to the guys who have walked with him, they've shared meals with him, they've shared jokes with him, they've laughed together, they've done life together. And Jesus knows that he's leaving them. But his message to them is what all of us need to hear. You're not alone. I physically won't be with you, but you're not alone. I'm giving you the spirit, the helper, the paraclete who will come alongside you and empower you. He will guide you to the truth. He will remind you of the things I have taught you. You know, God wants us to have the mind of Christ. He wants us to think like Christ. And so it would make sense that he would give us a little help in doing that. And he's given us a lot of help. He's given us his spirit. God wants us to read his word. And there's something that people say, oh, that's just kind of intimidating, reading the word. But God is not trying to fool us or impress us with his wisdom and goes, you'll never understand this, so you'll see how great. God's not like that. God wants us to know him. And so he says, just open my word and read it. I'll guide you. Will you trust me to guide you? You see, we all need a guide who knows where they're going. They know the terrain. They know what the situation is. Several years ago, I was in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is amazing in many ways, but it's also a tinderbox because at any given moment, conflict can break out. And we were walking through the old part of Jerusalem and a crowd of protesters started coming in the other direction. And my first thought was, oh no, what do I do? But our guide said, oh, hey guys, just follow me down this alley. Now, if you saw this alley, it was like, this looks like it's going to Nowheresville. This looks like I'm just going to get buried in the middle of old Jerusalem. But our guide had grown up in Jerusalem. He'd been there for decades. He knew it like the back of his hand. And knowing that, I could be confident that I could trust Andre and where he led us, it was to safety. And so after thinking about it for a split second, I said, cool, we're with you. And so we went off and we were safe and he kept us safe and he got us to where we needed to get. That's because he knew the terrain really well. In the same way, if you want to know what Christ is like, you need someone that knows him to help us to be like him, to think like him. And the Holy Spirit is like that. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 2. It says, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit helps us to know the ways of God and to guide us towards God. Why? Because he is God. So we have God himself with us and in us, guiding us. The Holy Spirit also gifts us. And this is really cool. 
He gives us what we need to do the things he's called us to. Living the Christian life can be an impossible calling. It's bad news to tell people, hey, just be like Jesus, because they could never do that. It would be like someone saying to me, hey, here's a basketball, just be like LeBron. You know that isn't going to happen. I can't do it. It's impossible. We need help. And the Holy Spirit gifts us. In 1 Corinthians, a few chapters further on, chapter 12, it says this, picking up in verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's really important. To each. To each believer is given the manifestation, the gifting of the Holy Spirit for the common good. See, the gifts are not to entertain ourselves. The gifts of the Spirit are not something that we can say, hey, everyone, look at me. Look how great I am. The gifts are for the common good. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do things for the betterment of his family. Verse 11 says this, All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So a spiritual gift is a God-given ability or empowerment to serve. The Holy Spirit gives every single Christian gifting to serve. Never lose sight of that. And the trouble with us is we tend to compare. Wow, I wish I could do what he could do or what she could do. Or, wow, I wish I could sing like that. Or, I wish I could operate the sound system like that. Whatever it might be. But God has given you something so that you can uniquely serve him and his people. All of us have spiritual gifting. And there are several places in the Bible where God lists some spiritual gifts. And this is a bigger conversation, but I'll go ahead and say it. I think there are gifts that aren't even on that list because the Holy Spirit knows what each church family needs and he will give us what we need. He gives each person gifting. So here's the thing. No Christian can say, I'm nobody. I can't do anything. I'm really insignificant. I'm not as important as them. Do you understand that you have the living God inside of you who has gifted you and he says, I have prepared you for a role, but I need you to step out in faith and do it. And I'll give you everything you need to do it. God is just looking for people who are willing to take that step. The world may say you're a nobody, but God says you are a somebody because he is in you. And when God is in you, you're a somebody. God has given us what we need to serve him. Never lose sight of that. So spiritual gifting is something that we can never get proud of because it is a gift. It's not something we attained or earned. It's not like God looks at us and says, whoa, you've earned 50 bonus points in Christian living. I'm going to give you, I'm going to upgrade you to this gift. It's not like that. God is God. He can choose to give his gifts however he wants to whomever he wants. 
And he just says, I'm going to put this service on your heart, and I just want you to step out and do it. For some people, it might be a natural ability that they have that God says, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to turbocharge it and use it. For others, it might be, I had no idea I could do X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. And that's okay. I think sometimes Christians get wrapped around the axle about, I've got to find out what my gifting is so I can serve. I need to take a test. And I'm not opposed to that necessarily. But here's the thing. God just wants us to step out in faith and to serve him. If God has put something on your heart, a ministry, then God is also going to give you the power and the ability to do it. Or he'll rally people around you that do. Find what God puts on your heart and then just go do it. Don't worry about, oh, do I, oh, wait, no, no, I can't do that because I need gift X and this is ministry Y. Just serve and watch God work and give you everything and more than you could ever need to do the job that he has called you to do. None of us are the complete package, though. God does not say, whoa, you look like a stud. I'm giving you everything. No one gets a complete package and is genius by God because that means that we all need one another. We all need one another. God's people are to be interdependent. I am thankful that there are people who are gifted very differently from me. I look at that back table back there and the technology. I look at the people who sing up here. You do not want me on the worship team. There are some people in our midst who quietly do tons for the Lord. They quietly serve behind the scenes. They don't want any attention. But God sees them. God wants us to serve him and others, and so he gets the glory. None of us can say, I've got it all. I have the most important gifts. None of us can say it. They're gifts from the Spirit. God has given them to us, so they're not ours to brag about. We just use what he has given us. So on the one hand, we can't brag about anything, but on the other hand, don't go down that false humility road of, oh, I can't do anything. I don't. Nonsense. You have the God of the universe living inside of you, and he can do anything. And he is just looking for people who will say, God, use me. I'll do whatever you want. I don't care if anyone ever hears about this or gives me praise. I just want to do it for you. The Holy Spirit gifts us. He empowers us to do his work. The Holy Spirit also is a guarantee for us. And this is really cool. So he guides us, he gifts us, and then he's a guarantee. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1, um, and this is all part of one long run-on sentence, where the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing in Ephesians 1, and it's like he's so enthusiastic about what he's writing that it's just a long run-on sentence all the way up to verse 14. I mean, if if he was writing this book in a, in a grammar class, the teacher probably would have been upset with him. But he's saying, this is just incredible. This is awesome. This is who you are and what you have in Christ. And then in verse 13, he says this, In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it 
to the praise of his glory. Let's step through this. When we believe in him, we are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like is a seal. And in days of old, kings and emperors and really important people would have a seal they would put on, say, a chest or maybe a document. And that seal proved a couple things. They were generally of wax, and they would close it up, and that seal said, this has not yet been opened, and this is the property of whoever the king or duke or emperor was. And so think about this. We have the seal, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, which is essentially God, the king of the universe, has put a seal on us, a stamp saying, you're mine, you belong to me. We're sealed by God. Through the Holy Spirit, God affirms to us, you're my child. You're my son. I've adopted you into my family, and I will never let you go. The Holy Spirit does that. It says in verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance? Some Bible translations will use the word, he is the deposit guaranteeing our insurance. The Holy Spirit is, in a sense, having him in us is like a down payment for what is yet to come, the riches of Christ. It's the down payment. We receive the Holy Spirit now while we're here on earth. But God says, there's a lot more waiting for you. And the Holy Spirit is the down payment that I'm going to be good to my word and give you what I said I'm going to give you. And we inherit everything with Christ. That's pretty phenomenal. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee that we rely on. Our future is bright. Our future is secure. Because when the Holy Spirit is in us, we end up where the Holy Spirit ends up. Your salvation is guaranteed because God himself is in you and he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So the Holy Spirit is God himself who comes alongside us to empower us to do what we can't do by ourselves. He guides us to the truth. He gifts us in ways that we may not have expected. And he is a guarantee of our salvation. It's pretty amazing. So how do you get the Holy Spirit? I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this today. How do you get the Holy Spirit? You get the Holy Spirit the moment you place your faith in Jesus Christ. You get all of the Spirit when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. When you place your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit, God himself, takes up residence inside you. And so when we try to live the Christian life, it's not a matter of saying, Holy Spirit, I need more of you, because we already have all of him. Instead, that needs to get flipped, and we need to say, Lord, have more of me. Have all of me. Lord, would you chip away at me the things about me that aren't like Christ? Would you chisel them away so that I reflect his glory? And will your Holy Spirit help me with that? We get the Holy Spirit by placing our faith in Christ. 
And we do that because we recognize that we fall short of his perfection. We need a savior. We believe he died on the cross for us and he rose again. And we say, I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again. And I'm trusting in him and him alone for salvation. When we do that, God says, your eternal destination is secure. I'm adopting you into my family right now. And I'm giving you my Holy Spirit. Incredible. But we need to tap into the Spirit. And we tap into the Spirit as Christians by saying, Lord, I'm yours. We yield to him. We submit to him. And we say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. Lord, I am yours. Lord, I don't see how I can get this done. But you not only know how to, but you can give me the power. And sometimes God will do that directly, and sometimes he will bring someone alongside you. Just like he bought Zach alongside me to fix the dishwasher. It is amazing that the God who's too big to fit into a building says, I'll live inside you. Always remember that. The Holy Spirit is God in us and God with us. And you need to remember that you are never, 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 never alone. He will never leave you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as the psalmist said in Psalm 139, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? You can't escape God. When he is with us, he will never let us go. So I want you to remember, you are never alone on this journey as you seek to know, love, and follow Christ. Will you trust him to work in you and through you? You know, there's no such thing as one-on-one evangelism. I think it's a good idea to learn as much as you can about the faith so you can answer people's questions. But when you have a chance to open your mouth and share about Christ, just open your mouth and share about Christ. The Holy Spirit will direct you, and he will give you wisdom and insight that you had no idea you had. He's just looking for people who are willing to open their mouths and speak up. You're never alone. No such thing as one-on-one evangelism. Because the Holy Spirit is in you as a Christian, Every single one of you has something to offer. No one can go, I'm a nobody. What I have is insignificant. Because you have been custom crafted by God for a job that he's called you to do. And he's calling you to be obedient and say, God, I'm going to use the empowering you have given me to serve others for the good of your church and for your glory. So we're never alone, guys. We are never alone in this world. And he is going to live up to his promise and keep the guarantee. And so we are secure forever because the Holy Spirit is with us. We're not alone. Don't take the Holy Spirit for granted. He wants the attention going towards Jesus. The Holy Spirit is often referred to as the silent partner in the Trinity. But he's God. He's in us and he's with us. He's giving us everything we need to take that next step towards knowing, loving, and following Christ. The question for all of us is will you trust him enough to take that step? Will you allow him to use you in ways that may be far beyond you could have ever dreamt of? 
None of you are insignificant. And none of you are alone. Because the Holy Spirit, God himself, is in us and with us. And every believer can rest on that fact. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would be a church family that lean into you. I pray that we would be a people that say, Holy Spirit, use us. Holy Spirit, thank you for the gifting you have given us. Help us to serve you well. Lord, remind us throughout the day that we are not alone. Whether it be a difficult relationship situation, whether it be an awkward work challenge, whatever it might be, we are not alone. We have you right here with us. Help us to believe that and to trust you. Lord, if there is anyone here that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ as Savior, I pray that today would be the day they would say, Lord, I'm believing that Jesus died for me and he rose again, and I'm trusting in him and him alone to be made right with you. Lord, I pray that in the upcoming days, weeks, months, and years, here at City View, we would see you use people that the world will look at and say, this is unlikely. But Lord, we know that when you are in us, you can do anything. Help us to trust you boldly. Give us a vision for this community, the area all around us, because we know you love the people around here. And Lord, we're saying we're available. Will you use us to draw people to Jesus? Because we know that is what your spirit wants. So Lord, we want you to get the honor and the glory for everything that happens here. And again, thank you for giving us your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.